Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, October 22nd. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, some chapters of the region's history are neglected or unknown. That includes the history of East St. Louis. Because I think this is something that uh, a lot of people in the black community, in their black communities, should know, that they should know their their history and their data, and they don't. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt speaks with one East St. Louis native who is leading an effort to preserve the city's past. First, the news. The Missouri Botanical Garden will soon begin building a new visitor center. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, the $92 million project will help the garden accommodate growing crowds. Mobot's current center was completed in 1982 to accommodate 250,000 annual visitors. But each year, nearly one million guests visit the garden. To serve those visitors, Mobot is building a 90,000-square-foot expansion. The project announced Monday will include a permanent year-round conservatory and expanded spaces for private events and conferences. Construction on the privately funded building is expected to begin in January and completed in spring 2022. The garden will remain open during construction. The visitor center will be named after Jack C. Taylor, the late founder of Enterprise Holdings. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. A more than $300,000 grant is designed to help reduce the number of vacant properties in four St. Louis neighborhoods. The funding, awarded to Legal Services of Eastern Missouri, will help expand its neighborhood vacancy initiative. The West End, Hyde Park, Academy, and Old North St. Louis neighborhoods will benefit from assistance to community organizations. Legal Services of Eastern Missouri Executive Director Daniel Glazer says the funding will help underserved areas. Vacancy is not just a city problem. It's a regional problem. But we hope that being a resource for these communities and make legal tools available to help supplement, we're addressing disinvestment and blight. St. Louis Mayor Lida Cruzen's office says there are around 25,000 vacant properties in the city. Missouri has taken steps to make sure fewer people are kept in jail because they are poor. As St. Louis Public Radio's Julie O'Donohue reports, Governor Mike Parson and legislators are changing the way they think about bail and prison fines. Earlier this year, the Missouri Supreme Court issued new rules on bail that require a judge to consider whether a defendant can pay bail costs. Separately, the legislature passed a law that said judges couldn't throw a person back in prison just because they can't pay the fines from a previous prison stay. Republican State Representative Shamed Dogan of Baldwin says these new measures are a step in the right direction. That's a bad incentive structure to set your bail system so that counties or private companies in some cases can make money off of our system of bail. A handful of law enforcement leaders complained about the stricter bail rules during a legislative hearing in August. I'm Julie O'Donohue, St. Louis Public Radio. And you can hear more of that interview with Dogan. It's on our Politically Speaking podcast, which is up at stlpublicradio.org. Tell a friend about The Gateway. Also, subscribe, rate, and review The Daily Effort at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A group of East St. Louisans has embarked on an ambitious project to establish an organization that preserves the city's past. Reginald Petty is helping to lead that effort. 
The East St. Louis native has been a civil rights activist, a Peace Corps director, and an advisor to several presidents. He tells St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt why an East St. Louis historical society is necessary. I think many people do not really know much about the real history of East St. Louis in this area, and uh, and certainly don't know the the early uh, the history of the early African Americans who live in this area, the things that they went through. So we're trying to establish uh, some institutions, some buildings where people could come and actually see uh, the see East St. Louis past. What is the form that this society takes? We're in a process now of setting up, uh, you know, the, the routine 501c3 that one has to have. And uh, we, we, we're still looking for uh, documents of all kinds of uh, going back to 1700s uh, documents on East St. Louis and its history. And we want to make those available to people. Why is knowing your, your personal history your local history, why is that important for someone to know? I think for for a lot of people, a sense of who they are as individuals is really based to some extent on self-esteem, how they see themselves or how they have seen themselves or their families. The image that East St. Louis has, has had over time is a very negative image. What one often hears initially is, oh, it's a high crime rate. Oh, don't go to St. Don't go to East St. Louis. You know, uh, be careful. You know, and uh, people don't know that uh, people like Ike and Tina Turner got their musical starts in East St. Louis, and they lived in East St. Louis. What are some of the milestones that you want to hit? Maybe one or five years out from now. Well, one of the things we want to do uh, for sure, we'd like to see a course prior to high school graduation on East St. Louis history. Are kids right now getting that information? No. This is nothing regarding East St. Louis history is included in our, in, our, in our school systems. The problem is a lot of the information simply isn't known. It hasn't been gathered. East St. Louis is, is, is such a unique community, and there's so many unique people there. Uh, I think it's, it's of value to, to, to people growing up now to know who these people are and their backgrounds and how they became who they are. Can you describe a little bit of what it's like to see some of the youth here learn local history that they may not have known before? You see the smile on their faces. And, and what I also see is the, a sense of, hmm, maybe if they did that, maybe I could do, do something like this. I'm getting that feeling of, of potential that they're beginning to see. And then we begin to talk about the importance of listening, the importance of learning. We even begin to talk about colleges, and it opens doors to talk about the costs and, and saving money and, and some things that they could do uh, during summer. Going back to the historical society, what's the one thing that people should know about it? It is something that is critically important. We're talking about um, something that I think will be a model for a number of other uh, uh, cities around the country. Because I think this is something that uh, a lot of people in the black community, in their black communities, 
should know that they should know their, their, their history and their data, and they don't. This is this is fairly rare, and I think this is something that we we, we have in mind too as we as we as we move along. That's Reginald Petty speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt about the East St. Louis Historical Society. Our Holly Edgel edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. You can find me on Twitter at Wayne Radio. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.